As we come into a new year, we begin a new series. This series will lead us through the winter months up to uh, Easter time. Take us up to that point. We'll be looking at the Gospel of John for our text over the next few weeks. Gospel of John chapter 1 this morning as we begin a series out of the Gospel of John leading us up to Good Friday and the Easter season. I find it to be a fascinating thing to trace the hand of God back into history. When I think about standing here in this pulpit, here in East Shelby, and I think, how did I come to be here? And what were God's steps that got me here? And can I trace them back to the beginning? I was born in a place called Sharon, Connecticut. My father's parents, who came from Norway to New York City, moved to Sharon, Connecticut in the 1930s. And all the Olson family lived in that area. The Olson boys were all craftsmen, talented carpenters and carvers, with the exception of my father, who couldn't drive a nail in straight. If he had been a craftsman, we would have stayed in Connecticut and joined that family business. But my father was different. Back in Norway, where the Olsons were born, my grandmother had eight children of her own, and when her sister died, she had four more children to raise. And so she had 12 children, running all over the farm and running up on the mountainside and playing together, with one exception. My father, he would sit by himself for hours staring at the chickens in the barn. He was fascinated with birds. I can't explain why, except for it was a God-given thing. And his fascination with birds and nature in general was obvious even when he was a seven-year-old boy back in Norway. The Olson family moved to America and eventually to Sharon, Connecticut. The Olson boys began to build houses. My father tried. They said, you can't help us. (laughs) So he tried to be a farmer, and he failed at farming and went bankrupt. But one day, he saw an ad on the post office wall that said workers wanted to work on national wildlife refuges. So he applied for the job and was accepted. He spent a year in Cape Cod and then was transferred to western New York to be on a new refuge, which is now called the Iroquois National Wildlife Refuge. And so I traced God's hand back to the beginning to a little boy in Norway, unskilled with his hands, but fascinated with birds. That God had given fascination would lead him to join the National Wildlife Refuge System and end up living on Sour Springs Road, five miles from this spot. 
That's as far back as I can go to trace the beginnings of God's working to lead me to be standing here this morning. Ninety years ago, a small boy in Norway was fascinated by chickens. And so the beginning of it all goes back to that little boy and his chickens. As we begin a new series today, John, who's the author of this book, has been thinking about how the story of Jesus all began. He'd like to trace God's work back into history to see how it began and where it began. Now, Matthew, Mark, and Luke's gospel were written before John wrote his gospel. So John read those accounts of Jesus' life before he wrote his own gospel. And you know the Christmas story. Matthew wrote that an angel appeared to Joseph and told him about the baby Jesus before Jesus was born. And then he told about how wise men came from the east to worship that new baby. And then Matthew traces Jesus' lineage all the way back to Abraham. That's how Matthew traces back the beginning of the story of Jesus. Luke, in his accounts, tells us of Mary's visit by the angel Gabriel before Jesus was born. Tells us about the manger birth and the shepherds and the angels. But Luke will go further back into history and trace the lineage of Jesus all the way back to Adam, the first man. So Matthew traced Jesus' story back into history to Abraham. Luke traces Jesus' story back in history to Adam. But John asked himself a question, can I go back further? Can I go back to the very beginning? I spent three and a half years with Jesus of Nazareth, and I watched what he did. Where did it all begin? And John says, I think I can go farther back than Adam when I trace the story of Jesus. Because I know who Jesus is. So I'm going to trace it back as far as I can And begin telling the story of Jesus. Let's see what he says. Now John chapter 1 verse number 1. In the beginning was the Word and the Word was with God and the Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. John says before the world was created. Before the beginning of what we call time. Jesus already existed. He already was. But he was known by a different name then. He was called the Word. We don't trace the beginning of Jesus because he never had a beginning. He always existed. But we trace the story of Jesus back to its beginning. A person called the Word who it says was with God and also was God. God, we call him God the Son. Now that name, the Word, 
has a very special meaning. Words are expressions of thoughts. If I said this morning, I'm going to stand here, I'm going to think my sermon. So here I go. I'm thinking my sermon. Did you like that? (laughs) And what did you think of that? You probably say he lost his mind. He's just standing up there thinking. Of course, my thoughts aren't any good to you until I express myself with words. So God existed, and God was thinking. But how are we ever going to know what God was thinking? Jesus came to express God's thoughts. Like words express my thoughts, and you know what I'm thinking, Jesus expressed to us the mind of God. So John says, Jesus told us what God was thinking. Way back before the world began, before the world ever existed, God was thinking about what? Verse 3. All things were made by him. Without him was not anything made that was made. God was thinking about creating a whole new world and a whole new universe. So Jesus expressed God's thoughts and made this world. And it is repeated in this verse so you won't get it wrong. All things, it says, were made by him. And let me repeat that, John says. Anything that was ever created, from angels to earthworms, from planets to stars, and from mountains to oceans, all things were created by Jesus. That was the beginning of Jesus expressing the mind of God. Wow. I must say, what a fantastic mind it was that thought up both chickadees and bald eagles. What a mind it was that thought up squirrels and tigers. And what a mind it was that thought of goldfish and whales. And what a mind it was, most of all, coming from God's mind, he thought up humans. Which makes you and me a part of Jesus' creation. Now that's quite a beginning. You understand what it's saying. We are not freaks of accidents that happened in nature. Formed by chance when lightning hit a puddle of muddy water and accidentally created life. Oh no. We are God's thoughts expressed by the power of Jesus. The word of God. We were made by him. That is the real beginning of the story of Jesus. Now my friends the next phrase that John writes 
is absolutely blow your mind. It is stunning in its depth of meaning, and it is profound in its simple expression. Now remember, John is taking us back as far as he can to the beginning. Jesus is expressing God's thoughts to us. Jesus created us. That is, we have life. We are living, breathing human beings. But now listen to this. Verse 4. In Him was life, and the life was the light of men. Wow. What a thing to say. What a thing to say. Two things are tied together. Life and light. Jesus came to give life and light. We read in the book of Genesis that in the beginning God said, let there be light and instantaneously a million suns burst into existence all across the universe. But that's not this kind of light. Jesus is telling us about Jesus. John's telling us about Jesus who came to express God's thoughts to us. And the light referred to here is illumination of the mind. In Jesus' life, when Jesus was life and in Jesus was illumination, light, that is information, about life. Yes, God created you and me. But why? Why did He create us? Who are we? What are we supposed to do? Do you have the answer to those questions? My friends, there are five basic questions about life for which we need to find an answer. Number one question, where did we come from? Number two question, who are we? Number three question, why are we here? Number four, what are we supposed to do? And number five Where are we going? John says Jesus came to earth with the answer to all of life's basic questions. If you want to understand life, if you want to have illumination of your mind, if you want to grasp the meaning of life, Jesus came with all the answers. That's what he just said. Number one, where do we come from? God's wonderful mind created a unique person, you and me. No one else like you or like me ever created before or since. Whether you love chickens or not. Your unique self came from God's mind. Number two, who are we? We are unique individuals made in the image of God. Because we are made in God's image, we have creative ability somewhat like God. 
Number three, why are we here? To worship God and to love Him. That's why we're here. Number four, what are we supposed to do? We're supposed to find out God's will for our lives, and then we're supposed to do it. And number five question, where are we going? Do God's will, love Him, and worship Him, serve Him the way you should, and we will go into an eternity of endless joy and happiness, or maybe not. Maybe not. It's all so exciting. It's thrilling. But then, maybe not. Verse 5. The light shineth in darkness, and the darkness comprehended it not. Jesus came into this world to illuminate our minds. To give us the mind of God. To tell us what God was thinking. But the world was in darkness. That is, they did not have the answer to life's basic questions. So Jesus came to shine. To give light. To open our minds. But it says the darkness comprehended it not. They didn't understand. They didn't grasp what he was trying to tell them. They couldn't comprehend what Jesus was trying to say. How sad. How tragic. If people didn't grasp what Jesus was telling us, then how did they answer life's questions? One of the most common ways that people answer life's questions without information is why am I here? I'm here to make myself happy. What do I do? Whatever pleases me. Who am I? I'm the most important there is. I am number one. The world revolves around me and around my desires. Selfish and self-centered, many people live lives based on those principles. Shallow, unfulfilling life, missing entirely the very reason we exist. And they go on and on, and their world gets smaller and smaller and darker and darker until their lives have no meaning at all. Now my friends... It stands to reason that the person who created us will have the reason for us to exist. God didn't give life and not purpose for living. If God said, I give you life, I made you unique, I have made only one of you And then for certain, if you're the only one like you, you have a reason to live. Your life was meant to have meaning and purpose. An intelligent God wouldn't create you and say, good luck, I hope it turns out all right for you. No. 
Certainly, God not only has purpose for your life, but he has a plan. Isn't that wonderful? You may think, I don't know. I don't know. My life's not so good. I've made a mess of things. God can't have a plan for me. Any God that can make a boy love chickens and use that to get me here, I'm sure he can figure out a plan for you. One thing I am absolutely certain that I guarantee you this morning, if you love God, if you bow before Him, if you set your mind to do His will and seek Him out, you will most certainly find the answer to all of life's questions. And I can guarantee God will illuminate your mind. And as your life changes and unfolds, you will be able to trace God's hand back to some beginning where it all started. You'll be able to point there and say, look, that's where my life with God had its beginning. Which is exactly what John is doing in his book. He's saying, here's my life with Jesus. I'll tell you what it was about. It began before time when God thought about me and Jesus came to express God's thoughts. Here's what God thinks about me. That's what John's writing, my friend. I gotta tell you, it's not all that difficult. It is not, as they say, rocket science. Seek out God. Talk to Him. Love Him. Serve Him. I would say this. Find God's purpose and plans for your life. And do it. And you're going to have the time of your life. I'm having the time of my life. I got to tell you, it's a wonderful life doing what God wants. So, as we begin our studies in John, may God bless you as you let Him illuminate your mind. Open up your mind to why you're here. What are you supposed to do? And where are you going to go? Who are you? Jesus came with all those wonderful answers. In him was life. And the life was the light of men. Amen. Shall we pray? Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for opening up our hearts first that our minds might understand understand that if we say no to you we'll never understand so help us to say yes whether we understand or not so that you can open up our minds pour in light and teach us about our own lives and what you expect from us we look forward to your revealing views on the hearts of men Open up our hearts that we might be ready 
to receive God. Serve him for all we're worth. That we know when we leave this world, we go to a wonderful place. We'll know where we're going. Bless us, we ask. As we think of these things in the coming days, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. In closing, I'd like you to turn in your hymn book with me, if you will. Page number 267. Page 267, standing as we sing, if you will. Open my eyes, illumine me. Page 267. pray that you would reach down inside, take the darkness and the rebellion out of our hearts. The things that we would turn our back on you, we pray that our hearts would turn towards you. Open our ears that we can hear and our eyes that we can see and our hearts that we may know the way. May we answer those questions of life through you and much more than that, live in such a way that we seek you out in a real and a true way. Forget all of those things that we have gathered up from this world, put them aside, and listen to you. Walk in your light and be free, illumined by you. We are grateful that we were your thoughts so many years ago. 
and that you created us, and may we live that way. We pray for these things, and we ask for protection on these people. May our hearts be ready to go out and tell the good news everywhere. We are grateful for you, Lord Jesus. May our hearts be ready. May we be protected and come back to this place to hear more of what you have to say to us with a listening heart. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen.